Leonard Lee here, host of Say Yes and Become, and I am excited to tell you about Papa's Roast Coffee, our sponsor in 2024. Papa's Roast Coffee is a single origin coffee roasted on the northern coast of Oregon, and it is done by our friends Dean and Debbie Christ. I want to tell you a little bit about it because for those of you who are on the go and you want just a single K-cup, you can get K-cups from Dean and Debbie's Papa's Roast. If you want a classic or if you want dark roast, if you want to put gift boxes together, they have all of that. So go to www.papasroast.com and order some today. Hey, let's get to the conversation now. Hey, welcome to Say Yes and Become. My name is Justin. I am your temporary fill-in hijacking host, and I am so excited to be here because Say Yes is built on the premise of saying yes to a friendship with Jesus and then becoming a part of the partnership, right? It's, 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 it's the partnership that changes the game for everyone who does. <clears throat> and as we have been, um, I have a guest with me who is formerly the host of Say Yes and Become as you know him. His name is Leonard Lee. Leonard, will you welcome to the show. It's your show, but I get to do this and I'm so excited about it. So thank you for that. Um, oh, thanks for inviting me. We're glad you could make it. Hey, I want to I want to ask the listeners because I, I I'm in control, which is kind of crazy. Um, tell <laughs> us something about yourself that people may or may not know. All right. I'm in control. It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for the flames and the diabolical background <laughs> that you have behind you. Um, <laughs> All right, so here's something most people would not know about me. Uh, some people do. Uh, I actually um, got music scholarships to uh, Bible college for singing. Uh, the $12.45 they gave me really helped. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. You got scholarships for singing. Well, they might have paid me not to sing. You've heard me sing before, so. Well, um... I, I, you got to tell me what happened. Like, like <laughs> this is so foreign to this. I, I'm sure our listeners are going. He got what? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, can you unpack that story? Tell us that. Like, you got you got to tell us the story. All right, all right. So, uh, I grew up singing and uh, and singing um, uh, songs and uh, you know, like a little kid does. But I also uh, developed uh, some tools around that. I took some music. Uh, voice lessons when I was wow. in uh, high school and I sang in choir and concerts and stuff. Uh, I did a lot of singing. And so when I was a senior in high school, I went to this, uh, to this camp where uh, they do contests and they say, okay, it's, they got people from all over Northern California uh, who, who uh, they, it's a leadership conference. It really wasn't much on leadership. It was more on guilt you into being a better person, but oh, that's terrible. they had a music contest and then they also had a preaching contest. And I thought, well, I'm going to enter them both. Cause I just like to say, I like to I, do them both. <laughs> and uh, so I, 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 um, I did the preaching contest and uh, they said, that's great. Um, but you're never going to be a preacher. Um, you wow. know, <laughs> <laughs> that's and, always that's always really encouraging to hear so, something like that and, right well yeah i mean and some of them were pretty kind to me they said that's cute uh no then um i did the music part too and i sang a song and uh now they're doing the awards uh at the end of the camp and they bring everybody up on stage and said in first place is leonard lee for the music and i'm like no way. I wonder what they're smoking. This is impossible. I can't be. Um, and they hand me this trophy that is about a foot and a half high. It's just wow. like this coolest thing. It's his first place. 
music, uh, singing. And uh, I thought, this is so great. And I'm standing up there. And then there's they bring second place and third place up there. And and I felt like, a, remember when, um, was it Steve Harvey who read the wrong name in Miss America uh, contest? I, I think it was. I don't know. I don't well, know if it was him or not. You are just not culturally. Uh, no, uh, I'm not. Today. I'm sorry. So he read the wrong name. The guy, lady got, gets excited, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what happened to me. I got Miss America. No. Uh, the, <laughs> the guy who, uh, who says, oh, shoot. And that's never a good sign when you're holding a foot and a half long tall trophy right pretty proud and everybody's cheering you on and and he goes hold on a second we messed this up and he walks over and he grabs my 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 big beautiful trophy for first place he walks to the guy on the other end that was third place he takes his little two inch music note trophy oh no and walks it over to me and he switches his now that's that's how it should be no he and did not he did and oh. i I laughed so hard because I knew I wasn't good enough to win, uh, but I thought it was pretty funny. But everybody else is like terrified and horrified going, um, that must be devastating to him. And, and uh, you know, and I'm thinking, well, no, now you actually do have it right. And it yeah. wasn't because I couldn't sing. It was because these other people, they could read. They music were just phenomenal. And, They're like one of those people you're like, wow. Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, they open their mouth and, and notes fall out and, and uh, and so um, while I was there, one of the guys who was judging the contest was also the head of the music department at the Bible school I went to. Uh -huh. and he said to me, he said, I listen to you preach and I also listen to you sing. And that is um, what came through both times is I think you love Jesus. And if you come to our school, I will uh give you voice lessons myself personally and i got to sing in about three or four groups and every time i got to sing in a group they scholarshiped me uh for the time spent in in preparation and in the travel oh. so that's how i got music scholarships to uh, school uh wow it's quite a story isn't it, it you know i really i gotta i gotta i gotta backtrack to a part of it for just a second because it always makes me chuckle when i hear someone say something like this and then you're later on in the story so like here you are You've been a senior pastor. You're running this organization called Link that literally trains pastors. All I call it Forge and Network. That's sorry. Yeah, that's what it's called. I, I'm so lame. <laughs> you used to call it Link back in the day. It's been changed to the Forge and Network. I am fired. This is when I become the last time. Hi, I'm Leonard. I'm show. the current host of Forge. <laughs> Hey, look, I'm in charge. I'm going to call it what I feel like. I'm kidding. But seriously, you, you okay, go, go do all this stuff all over the world, right? You're training yep. pastors all over the world. And you had people back in the day telling you, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to be a preacher. And if, if this were, if your life were a novel, there would be that phrase, little did they know <laughs> that later in life, right? Meanwhile, I mean, back at the ranch. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, no. it, it's funny. I had uh when, when I, I've had some people say that to me as I was going mm. through school, you know, yeah, you're never, you're never going to be this. You're not cut out for this. And, and you're right outside of Jesus, I'm not cut out for this. And yeah. I'm definitely not that, but with Jesus, you know, it's amazing what he does with our lives. And I just kind of, I, 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 it kind of brings us to what we've been talking about, right? We've had these amazing conversations. This is number five of six, by the way. So listeners, if you're jumping in with us, I want to encourage you go back and listen to the first four episodes because these really build upon one another. They're interlinked. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the things 
from the last episodes because they really do impact where we're going today. Um, because this is the, what we call the Jesus path forward. Now, one of the things we want to point out, we weren't calling that initially the Jesus path because it, this is one of those things in real time. We kind the of Jesus process. That's what I said. The, the Jesus process. <laughs> Link Ministries used to do the Jesus path. But now that we're Forging Network for the last five years, um, we do the Jesus process. This is what I get fired. It's okay. I, it's okay. I, I, I do love you and I am having I you fun do. at your expense. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm grateful that you're enjoying I'm this, not but... laughing with you. <laughs> no, I, know. I know. You know, the good news is I've known you long enough that I can take this and honestly, I deserve it. That's that's okay. <laughs> hey, um, so these conversations truly have been amazing. So Leonard, will you do us a favor and rescue me from my own pitfalls at this moment? <laughs> um, will you just give us kind of a quick, short review uh of what this process is yeah 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 i i will thank you justin and and i am having fun i don't mind uh i don't mind uh uh interacting with you on on uh, faux pas uh hey uh this this process the jesus process justin alluded to the fact that our first two episodes we were we were actually not naming it and for the last several years people have been harassing me in one way or another to get this on paper, to put this out, to make this uh -huh. accessible to other people. Um, and, and I had no idea what to call it. In fact, I spoke at one place and I call it made, which was a reference to like 1990s MTV TV shows. And people are like, you might have to bring that into the 21st century old man. Um, and so, or, or it's a reference to like the mafia. You're a made man. I'm a made man. Yes. Yeah, and, so. and, uh, and so um, this is called the Jesus process. That's what we're, we're going to kind of walk through with that title for now. Um, but the idea is simply that there, Jesus used a process to move his, his friends from an experience with God where, where they begin to follow, they started taking steps in the direction of Jesus and he used a process to literally transform them into fishers of men. Hmm. And in that process, uh, we've identified uh, some pieces and those pieces, the first one is follow. And that's taking steps in the direction of Jesus until your footsteps become his footprints. And it's a beautiful part of the, of, of the journey. And so um but the Bible really, really, um, this this is so important to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there's a follow, there's a trust, there's a love, there's a imitate. Um, but it's important to Jesus because Jesus ordered his whole life around it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and give his life as a ransom for many. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, and that our sin brought death. Uh, upon people. And so Jesus, I, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. going to interrupt you just for a second, because I want to give us some definitions of these things really quick, because it's always this part of life that we have people assuming what they, what we're talking about. So would you define what life is? And then yes. would you define what death is? All right. I'm going to give you, I'm going to kind of give you the, uh, the, the inverse and, you know, it's kind of like the bizarre oh, Superman. Oh, death um, first where, and then life. Okay. Well, no, where where you have life, uh, you have the good Superman and the bad Superman, the bizarro one. And, and okay, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Death and life like have backwards. this mirrored reference to. Uh, uh, they actually have the same type of uh, uh, of understanding. So, death and life in the Bible 
actually refer to a physical quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm physically dead or I'm physically alive. My heart, my mind, my body is working or it's not. And so the I, Bible I'm, talks I'm about bur- that. I'm sucking oxygen or I'm worm food. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then okay. the second one uh, has to do with our connection or separation from God. Uh, I'm either connected to God, that's called life, or mm. I'm disconnected from God, that's called death. And so it's a spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. So sp- physically, I'm alive or dead. Spiritually, I'm alive or dead. And and in there's only the two categories. Nobody's in between. Nobody's, well, you know, on life support, we're either dead or we're alive. And so the beauty of the scriptures is that it says that when we place our trust in Christ, he moves us literally from death to life. Yeah. And and so there's that whole spiritual condition being separated or being connected to God spiritually or physically or, or, or dead or alive. For the nerds out there, he literally yes. just defined something called the law of excluded middle, which is the law, one of the laws of logic. It's literally like there's no in between. It's either this or this. There's no middle ground. Like you're not kind of alive. It's like the argument of like, well, she's kind of pregnant, right? Like it, Mm-hmm. she's kind of breathing. No, no, no. You're breathing or you're not. Anyway, I'm it, sorry. I inner, just... It's exactly right. And, yeah. and I, I, I like that you bring that up, Justin, because there's a lot of, of scripture that, that doesn't have an excluded middle because of our limitation. Right. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that God tells us that does have a, an excluded middle right. um, because he's so clear. And because it's how we relate to him. We go, oh, that's either true or it isn't. That's real right. or it's not. Right. Um, and then the third definition of life and death has to do with the quality of life that we live. Oh. And okay. so it has to do with, um, you know, uh, how many times have you have you uh, been to the gym? You said you went to the gym this morning, and maybe you're in the middle of a set. Uh, you do you do CrossFit, mm-hmm. so you make your body do things that it wasn't supposed to do. And then you call it exercise. CrossFit Um, is beautiful. (laughs) Stop it. Stop bagging on CrossFit. I'm not, uh, I'm not. um, And uh, you know, uh, CrossFit for me is when I, when I use different hands to feed myself food, I cross the arm and fit it in my mouth. And, um, but anyhow, uh, when we talk about the quality of life, you, you get through a set and you say something like, man, I just feel like I'm dying. Yeah. That was killing me. That's a quality. It's a, about your pain, about your hurt. Now take that out even further into how people experience um, loss, how people experience their pain. I feel like I am dying. Job writes, I feel like I'm dying all day long um, in the middle of his suffering. And so that is, that's called death in the Bible. And life is called, man, this is the life. You know, uh, if you've ever been on a vacation, if you've ever been to a resort, if you've ever had an ice cold drink of water uh, on a hot day, um, you go, man, this is the life. You, uh, uh, <laughs> we, we, you, it gets hot and you walk into a building and the air conditioning vent blows straight on you. You and yeah. I've been to some places where that was, uh, that was life. And oh, man, this it is the was. life. It was. And, and I think that when we talk about life and death, all three of those things apply. And so when Jesus says, I came to remove death mm-hmm. and give life, he says, I came to take away uh, the physical death, uh, 
by by moving you to a place where you will live forever with me. Mm-hmm. I came to take away the spiritual death where you will no longer be separated from me from the moment you trust Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you now are, uh, you, the Holy Spirit lives in you and you are sealed forever for the mm-hmm. day uh, of your inheritance. And then finally, uh, I took away, I, I came to take away uh, the the quality of life, not in a prosperity way, mm-hmm. but in a perspective way. So that you are able to go, well, God, you are, your goodness like the psalm says, follows me yeah. every day of my life. So can we can we just unpack that a little bit? Because I know that there are folks who who will uh, hear hear that initial story and and they will connect it to oh he's he's saying that God gave came to give us prosperity. Now I know that's not what you're saying because you just said it. That's not what I'm saying. So can you unpack that because a, a little more because I know that you and I have had these conversations mm-hmm. as I've walked through, I've walked through seasons of death where I've lost some people and my heart was just broken mm-hmm. and you've taught me how to see this perspective. So can you just kind of unpack that thinking a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for letting me do that. I think um, there's a, and and if, if this is where your, your faith trajectory has taken you um, hear these words, they, they're going to come across blunt, but hear them in a heart of love. Mm-hmm. Um American Christianity has produced an idea that uh, my faith activates God's goodness, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, I wield faith as an entity or a power that forces God to respond. And if mm-hmm. I have enough faith, then God will have to answer my uh, prayers. God will have to have, he'll make me healthy, wealthy, and wise. Right. And so you have the extreme version of prosperity, which uh, is somebody saying, you know, God doesn't want anybody poor. God doesn't want anybody sick. Uh, mm-hmm. God doesn't want anybody suffering. God doesn't want any bad things to happen to you. Um, and, it, and it really says that when you trust in God and your faith is strong enough, he's going to give you all of this stuff. Mm. Yeah, all the good things. And 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 if you study the history of Christianity, if you study the history of Christians, if you study the scriptures, um, you'll discover that that's just a big bunch of hooey. Yeah. Uh, that's not what God's doing. And 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 then you have a, a a lesser version, a more subtle version that is just American Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that we say, well, if you trust God, your life will get better, your problems will diminish. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 and. There's some reality to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my life is a better life now that I trust Jesus. I would agree with that. But not in how I measure better. And mm. so I don't look and say, man, I am richer. I'd probably be a lot richer if I if I wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. I have tools uh, for making uh, in, in marketing and leading uh, uh, at a pretty high level. Um, what I've done is I've used those tools for the kingdom where they don't make as much money, but they make right. a bigger difference. Right. And so my my prosperity is not about financial or physical. Uh, my prosperity is about spiritual. It's about a depth of mm. friendship with God that I don't think I could have mm-hmm. uh, apart from trusting, following, trusting, uh, loving, imitating those are the things that God's done. And so I, I'll say one last thing on this, because I know this isn't our topic, but I want I want to make sure it's clear, is that um, how you interpret scripture has a lot to do with how you, your theology. 
-hmm. And when, when we look at the prosperity movement as a movement, and it is a totally American movement, um, it's completely comes from American Christianity. It doesn't come, uh, it's not European, it's not African, it's not, but it is so prevalent there. And I have been in those places where it is, and it is destroying uh, it is destroying people. It's destroying the ability to disciple um, uh, other people. This is destroying because people are coming to get their golden ticket. You know, that old Willy Wonka thing. I'm yeah. buying as much chocolate bars as I can or as many chocolate bars as I can because I know as if I unwrap the right one, I'll get a golden ticket and I get to win the chocolate factory. Yeah. Well, that's not what following Jesus is about, but that's what the prosperity yeah. gospel has made it. And it has to do with how you interpret scripture. And and uh, we could probably do a whole podcast and we shouldn't just mark it down. Well, we do, but biblical I, I, interpretation. I, I, I think <clears throat> I think this whole piece about the quality of life, mm -hmm. the, the reason why I brought it up is because this process, this Jesus process that we're talking about is literally the way that I have learned to navigate when life becomes hard. So my quality of life shifted when I shift my eyes and my ears to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm following, right? Um, and then I'm trusting him that even though my circumstances or my emotions are saying life sucks, this is bad, this is painful, he's still good. He yeah. still loves me. Yeah. My identity is secure, right? So, you know, that's the beauty of this. And then it grows my love and it grows yeah. my trust and I can rest in that. Yeah. even when I feel really broken. And so, you know, for those of you who are out there who have some circumstances going on, because I know it's real. I mean, we're talking to people all the time. I, I got this bad diagnosis. I got this issue. I got this stuff. I mean, I'm I'm an on-staff pastor. These are regular conversations in my yeah. life. Um, I, I had a conversation with a gentleman who's, whose son just transitioned and it just, mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking and just helping people with this process. And that's why I brought it up because I think, this shows the power of the Jesus process of really understanding how it impacts that quality of life piece. So, yeah. hey, Leonard, will you will you tell us where we're going? What do we have in store for today? Um, let me do that. Uh, let me give one one nerdy illustration. I love um, nerdy illustrations. Go for right. it. Uh, in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, you got ninety eight pound Steve Rogers, um, who who uh, wants to, his, the quality of his life is hard. He yeah. gets beat up. He can't join and, and live this life that he views as honorable. He right. is pushed aside. He's got asthma. He's got all this other stuff. Um, and then he, he goes through this transition, the chemicals and whatever. And I'm not at the transformation. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's how Jesus does it with us. Um, uh, but when he comes out of that chamber and he's muscular and he he now can fight, he can move, he doesn't have asthma, he becomes a hero. The quality of his life increased, but the, so did the difficulty. Mm. So did the struggle. Because mm -hmm. the, what, what God tends to do with me, and I think you can attest to this, is he tends to use our pain for our mission. Yeah. Uh, he true. tends to like, I'm going to change the quality of your life because now you have tools to handle things that yeah. you couldn't have handled when you were a 98 pound faith guy. Yeah, that's true. But now that you are uh, uh, a fully grown or fully growing or actively growing faith person, the quality of your life, your ability to handle things that used to trip you up no longer do. Uh, but 
He uses that not so that I can settle down and become uh, rich around me, but so that I can go out and do the things that I was made to do for him and with him. So Mm -hmm. that's that. Uh, It's that friendship and partnership, right? Absolutely. It's it's the friendship that leads me to the partnership, which is really this process. I love that. Yes. And and, uh, so you just need a cryo chamber and uh, some good drugs. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Did I take the illustration too far that time? You you know, (laughs) It, it was doing really good. And then it's like the, the Tommy boy where he lights the car on fire and you starts, your children are dying. And yeah. That's, that's where you went. Yeah. I'm sorry. Crash and <laughs> burn right there. Um, Tommy boy. Here's where we're going today. Um, the Jesus process is simply this. Uh, it is about following. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the invitation from God to follow. It's the in- invitation we extend, uh, because of our relationship to Christ, our friendship with Christ, uh, to others, to follow. We want you to follow Jesus. Come follow me, Jesus said so many times. And yeah. then and that, that idea is that I'm going to take steps in the direction of Jesus. So that might be just one step that I have a part of with somebody. It might be the whole journey where I'm sitting down saying, hey, let's take a step. Now let's take another. Let's take another. And that person begins to f- trust Christ as their savior, uh, they get saved, they become redeemed and born again, or whatever phrases we want to pull out of scripture. Um, and, and it might be that whole process, but I am the instrument of God to say, Hey, let's take a step in the direction of a God who loves you, who is good, who is for you, who wants to forgive your sin and make you his own. Let's take those steps. And the following is that simple process of saying, I'm going to take steps in that direction until my footsteps become his footprints. From following, we move to trust. And trust is that whole idea. By the way, following is about what we see and hear. Mm -hmm. I cannot follow you if I can't see you or hear you. Um, Then uh, the whole idea of trusting, because following leads to trusting. And as Uh I trust you, it's about a changing of the way I think. Um, It's a transformation, a renewing of my mind. And I trust you as I change the way I think about you, about life, about God, as I think about, I use marriage as an illustration. The more that I could see and hear merrily, the more I trusted her because Uh my mind changed the way I thought about her. It was renewed and the way I thought Uh about marriage and the way I thought about relationships Uh, And I began to trust her. And what trust does, it's always about our thinking process. Trusting, this is the Jesus process, by the way. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm practicing. Um, uh, (laughs) The uh, Jesus program. The the Jesus path to wealth and enlightenment. No, the the Jesus process. Follow Um, trust. We're on trust. It's the mind renewal. (laughs) That's right. So from trust, we move. Trust always builds affection. Uh, yeah. When I trust somebody, the more I trust them, the more affection grows in my heart. And that mm-hmm. that trust turns into love. And so as I trust, I begin to love. And the whole concept of loving um, is to, uh, loving God is to know and rely on the love God has for us mm-hmm. so that his love flows through us. And so it's about truly, genuinely learning to live as a disciple that Jesus loved. And it's about understanding uh, the truth of how God has loved us and 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 the competing voices. And it's about re- reclaiming a biblical definition of love so yeah. that you and I can come back and go, man, I am deeply loved by God in the mm-hmm. places of my life where I need it most. Go mm-hmm. back to the life and death. 
uh-huh. places. And you'll see that's where the love of God uh, connects to us so deeply. From love is imitate. And that's what we're talking about today. And the whole idea of how do I go from following to trusting to loving to imitating and imitating um, is, is, is that, is that process of sitting face to face with Jesus. If I can't see you, if I can't be in close proximity with you, I can't imitate you. And, uh, and the better my, or the more unobstructed my view is of you, the more precise my imitation can be of you. And so that's what we're going to talk wait, about. Wait, 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 wait. You got to say that again for the people in the back, because I swear to you so many times I have heard people say, oh, you just need to try harder to do better. Can you please explain that? Just say that again for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> the more unobstructed my view is of Jesus. In other words, the more I see him, the more I see him in my daily life, the more I see him in my moments where I've carved out just to be face to face with him, the more I see him at work, the more in my life, the more unobstructed that view is, the better or more precise, more precision I can bring into imitating him. And uh, that is that is why, you know, we've talked about this and we'll always go back to this in any conversation with me. That's why our time in the scriptures matter. Um, That's why that's why I am. uh, I am constantly uh, in the Gospels because Mm -hmm. I want to see unobstructed uh, this view of Jesus. And I think there's things that obstruct our view. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think there's a sometimes our pain does. That's a renewing of our mind. Sometimes our our theology does. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, sometimes our own insecurities or our fears. Yeah. There's a lot of things that obstruct our view, and that's why uh, Jesus says it this way in John 15: "Abide in me." Mm-hmm. That word "abide" means to kind of lock yourself in closely with. Mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, abide in me so that you hear my words in your head, so that you hear my 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 heart in your heart. Uh, there's a heartbeat that's going, get face to face with me, is mm-hmm. what he's saying. Um, and when you do, and we'll talk about this next time, mm-hmm. you'll bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And so it's that whole concept of, of just centering in and saying, I want to be face to face with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 this isn't part of our script, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> I think for me in just listening to this process, I, I, I recognize that imitation is almost it's second to last, right? It's not mm-hmm. first. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So it, I, I think sometimes we get it twisted, you know, we, we get the follow and now obey but we miss the mind renewal because I need to change my thinking because otherwise it becomes legalism or I become legalistic. And I think that's the trap that I've fallen into Mm. of in just my own personal walk. I've fallen into the, just try harder, do better, try harder, do better. And I miss the mind renewal and I miss that affection piece. And Mm -hmm. so when I really leaned into each one of those, you know, God changed my heart, right? Like his love for me. And when it shifted my identity that I am just, like you said, the disciple that Jesus loved. Yeah. Um, 
imitation now becomes a longing in my life, not yeah. just a have to in my life. Yeah. It, yeah. it becomes this thing that I, I want to do because I'm loved, not because I'm fearful, you know, of failure or fearful of punishment. It It's this beautiful, Jesus, I want to be like you because you're so good and you're so kind and you're so mm-hmm. loving. And I want to be that conduit that does that in yeah. my world, in the, in the circles that I am involved right. in. Um, it's, it's really this big fancy word. Will you say the big word where you tell them kind of what we're talking about? Because we, we talk about this in church, right? This yeah. lifelong process. Would you kind of just explain it, what it is in the big theological it's, scope? It's sanctification. Yeah. It is that whole idea. Um, here's, I think we have to find sanctification in the church. Um, because most people understand sanctification as this, as this process of being transformed into what well, means holiness. It means uh, it means to be uh, a better person. It means to be uh, pious and 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 almost uh, you know. And in the world I grew up in, sanctification uh, always had a drain at the bottom of it that when you opened up, all the fun fell out. Um, and so you didn't get to really laugh a lot and be silly and be crazy. And, and, um, you know, you can't hear all the stuff that Justin and I laugh about, uh, before we hit record and after we hit record. Um, and, and we thank God for that, but, um, there's a laughter that we have had our whole friendship for 30 plus years and it hasn't interrupted our sanctification. No. Uh, and and so the word sanctified or sanctification means to be set apart for a purpose. And it's about being friendship and partner. It's about a, being I'm set apart to be close to God. So I can imitate him, be face to face with him. And I'm set apart to be a partner with God so I can imitate what he did in this world. Mm -hmm. And so the imitation of God is about the transformation of my my inside and my outside. Mm -hmm. It's about becoming a new person um, who has a mission. And what we've done in our culture, at least in the world that I have been in, and I'm, I'm pretty immersed in Christian faith, um, around the world as well, is we have narrowed sanctification to this piety that God wants to set you apart for holiness. Yes, he does. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Without holiness, no one will see God, the Bible tells us. Be holy because I am holy. But that's only a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only a part of it. it because what that does is that turns it into being about me. Mm-hmm. It's set apart for a purpose. When I sanctify uh, my coffee mug, I use the same coffee mug uh, almost every single day. It says everyone's welcome. Uh, I got a new one, by the way. I'll tell you about that too. Um, But this is from my church. And this is my sanctified coffee mug for morning coffee. Because every time I look at it, I remember I'm going to pray for my pastors. I'm going to pray for my leaders. It's, It's set apart for my morning coffee for a purpose. Uh, my wife got me a new coffee mug that uh, basically says I'm amazing and awesome. Uh, and so when I I started using that now, uh, most mornings, um, because it reminds me to pray for my wife, uh-huh. and and it's to uh-huh. it's it's set apart for a reason. Justin, you've been set apart by God uh-huh. for a reason. He sanctified you. He is uh-huh. sanctifying you and and that purpose is 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 that 
you would, because we're talking about imitate, that you would then uh, imitate the mission and the life and the values and the message and the method of Jesus, that you would move in that direction. And how many times did Jesus say something like, what you just saw me do, now you do. Mm -hmm. uh, as I have loved, you love. Imitate me. Um, I just think that's really uh, important for us to grab a hold of. Uh, Paul writes these words in Ephesians 5. He says, be imitators of God and walk in love as dear children. Um, there's something about the way children imitate the adults around them mm -hmm. that is about love. It is about how they view that adult uh, and how much they want to be. And so when I was a kid, my grandpa took me to work. We, Our family had gone through some pretty rough stuff. And my grandpa uh, one day said, come on, get in my truck. And it was this big old blue Chevy truck. And and uh, man, I love that old truck. And and uh, he said, get in. And he put his he put his arm around me as I sat next to me. He taught me how to shift. Now, when you see me push this in, you, you know, and, and so the whole shift way to work, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> and he would just laugh and like, oh, you almost got it. Yeah. Um, and then he handed, I couldn't read or write at the time, but he handed me a notepad and a pencil and he said, no, just walk with me. And I walked and I saw how he stood and I stood that way. I saw how he hold, held the notepad and the pencil. I saw when he wrote things down and I pretended to write things down because I was imitating my grandfather. Well, that mm -hmm. wasn't about me being more powerful. That was about me wanting to be like him. Mm-hmm. That was about me going, man, I love this man. He is my safe place. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, abide in me so that you can bear fruit, imitate me. What you've seen me do, you do. That's not a technique to move us into effective ministry. That is, this is there's a deep love relationship, which we talked about last week. It's about me recognizing that's just better. Mm -hmm. I, I love him so much. I want to be like him mm -hmm. in life, in word, in mission, and in deed. I want to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. Well, and I, I, I love this because, I mean, what this is really what our church has spent our time doing, right? Trying to teach people how to get sanctified. Like this is, we're always trying to teach this process, right? And I think one of the things I love about this Leonard is the simplicity of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this organic, you know, we're sitting across the table from one another having coffee or dinner or a meal or something or camping. I mean, you know, and we laugh a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I love that you pointed that out because you, we do see that holiness and sometimes in people's minds get, gets assumed that it's stuffiness yeah. or seriousness. Um, and I, I'm, I'm grateful that you completely changed that image in my own world. Um, in <laughs> fact, I've, I've told people that said, I'm going to ruin your idea of what a pastor is supposed to be because I'm going to laugh with you and I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you and we're going to joke together and we're going to have coffee together. And, and yet there is something so incredibly strategic in this process. So, um, can you share with us some things about this process that might be helpful yeah. to us? Um, some really specifics about it. Yeah. Um, I've been following Jesus since 1966. Uh, that's a couple of years. Um, I met Jesus as a small boy. Um, they told me that he would stay with me forever. And I believed him. 
And so I went forward in a Baptist church because that's what you do in a Baptist church. At least you did in 1966. Mm -hmm. uh, and I prayed a prayer. I said, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you forgive my sins? And I'll follow you. And I just believed it. I believed mm -hmm. he loved me. And uh, in fact, the next day I knocked on my neighbor's door, literally the next day I knocked on my neighbor's door and he said, what is it, Leonard? You know, here's this little uh, three and a half year old boy uh, knocking on his door. And it wasn't new that I would knock on my neighbor's door just in case <laughs> there's a little bit of social in me. And so um, what is it, Leonard? And I said, hey, I, I just met Jesus yesterday. And if he can do everything that they told me he could do, I can't keep him to myself. I just got to tell you. Um, and he let me tell, and he patted me on the head and sent me home, uh, which I probably went to another neighbor's door. I don't remember, but I remember that. Um, but uh, I've lived in this process of being transformed, set apart for purpose in my entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, um, all of my, all of my brokenness and all of my sin uh, came on the other on 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 the pos on the plus side of my conversion. Mm -hmm. You know, so I didn't, I didn't get rescued from this huge life of sin. Um, I've been preserved from it, mm -hmm. but I didn't get rescued out of it. I didn't have an addiction to overcome. I didn't have, and it, it doesn't mean that I haven't created those messes for myself, mm -hmm. but all of those messes were on the Jesus side of the equation. Mm -hmm. And I say that because um, that just tells you how good the process of God is, how thorough it is. You know, we we tend to think of of Jesus as as well. He 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 pulled me out of this pit. He set me on a on a platform, and here I am. And we do that to celebrities all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, every time I'd hear somebody, oh, you know, this guy just met Jesus. Well, let's have him preach, because well, obviously, right, yeah. you know, and and he's got something to say. And so, sanctification is this piece of saying. Uh, it's it's God going, man, I am setting you apart mm -hmm. for a purpose. Now let's put the human side in that. Mm -hmm. Because I am sanctified by God, but the tools he uses are his people. Yep. And uh, we do a training in uh, in our biblical understanding how God sanctifies. And I won't go into all of that. Um, but what I, I know this, that, that, our sanctification is heavily dependent. It's not just a work of the Holy Spirit in me. It is heavily dependent upon the intentional connection I have with people who are teaching me to mm -hmm. imitate Christ. Mm -hmm. um, can I make a distinction between copying and imitating? Please do. Yeah. Um, copying has to do with the mechanics of emotion. Uh, it has to do with the, you know, the... Um, impersonating somebody mm -hmm. um it has to do you know i remember uh you know you get those guys i do impressions you know he does the voice of that person copies right. their mannerisms copies their inflection that's right. copying and copying is a is actually a really amazing tool for people mm -hmm. um it's a skill uh but imitating is different imitating has to do with the heart mm -hmm. imitating has to do with knowledge that's personal and mm -hmm. that's why uh when i imitate um, someone or something, when I imitate Jesus, it is because I have this deep affection mm -hmm. for what I'm seeing. I mm -hmm. want to be like that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I've heard your words, Jesus. I want to say those too. Mm 
Mm -hmm. I've seen your love, Jesus. I want to say that. I want to love that way too. Uh, I saw I saw you forgive your enemies. And so here's some of the ways the Bible sa says that. Forgive because you've been forgiven. See, that's an act of imitation. <clears throat> forgiveness is not, it, it, forgiveness is primarily about the stewardship of God's forgiveness. It's imitating the forgiveness I have received. Mm -hmm. um, and and we, we miss this whole imitation process. I can tell you this, that I have been more um, helped in the imitation process by others than probably any other piece of this Jesus process. Mm -hmm. Um and 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 that's the sanctification, but it's the imitation process. And so, um, copying is about is about the mechanics, the inflection, the tone. It's about um, well, you know, you look at it. Uh, we see this in 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 the Christian world. A new book comes out, and everybody buys the book. Uh -huh. And if I could just do what he does, then we would have the same results. And so, uh, Jim Simbala wrote "Fresh Rent, Fresh Fresh Fire." And it's about the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, which is this amazing place. Um, uh -huh. It is uh, phenomenal. And I have nothing negative to say about them, their church, the process, or even the book. Um, but I was planning my first church when that came out. And so somebody gave it to me and said, Leonard, if you will do this, you'll have the same explosive results that he had. And I almost drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, uh -huh. I went, hmm, Okay. I was copying. Mm -hmm. I wasn't imitating yeah. because imitating has to do with the well, literally the process it took to get there, mm -hmm. the following, the trusting, the loving. Copying is about the mechanics. And I think that that's a distinction in a way that people oftentimes think, well, I got to go out and I got to copy Jesus here. Mm -hmm. no, no, no. Out of relationship, little friendship, you imitate him. And so I just want to make that distinction. Hopefully that's helpful for people. I think it's a great distinction. I mean, because, you know, I've heard it said that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, right? You've heard that saying before, yeah. mm -hmm. but I, I love that you make the point because I can copy somebody, but not have the heart in it to imitate. Because in this case, in this Jesus process, it's really, you're right, it, it's a heart issue, right? Yeah. You've gone through this, I'm following, I'm paying attention, I'm focused, I'm listening, I'm trusting my mind is being renewed because I'm I'm learning to think like him. I'm experiencing his love. My identity is shifting. I'm healing. I'm forgiving. I'm now giving it away. And it, 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 this is where, again, these are so interconnected. This almost comes to be. Yeah. It, it, if I'm doing those other things, this becomes a natural response for me mm -hmm. because I can't, I truly can't help it. This is yeah. a, now a desire of my heart, right? Yeah. Like for me, this is, you need to get out of my way because I want to do the things that Jesus is doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to listen to the negativity anymore that yeah. I can't do this. This is too big. This is too hard. Yeah. You know, I'm going to step in and I, cause I'm already trusting I'm mm -hmm. and I'm growing in this area of trust and I'm yeah. growing in these areas of trust. And so, and love and, and all that. And so you have some principles. Would you yeah. share your principles with us? I know you're not going to do the full training, but will you no. give us some key principles on this idea for us? I will do so. Um, and Justin, I think that you'll be able to relate because you and I have had conversations in our journey about imitating Christ. Oh, yeah. Even if I didn't use the that phrase. Right. We didn't um, call it the Jesus process until like a week ago. I know. And it's new. <laughs> and so this this uh this pathway process, homeopathic, all no, this, this Jesus process. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
uh, and so the one of the first things that I am trying to do, and I'm not putting these as sequential, I'm just saying that this is a part of the interactive piece, is um, I want you to see uh, Jesus is advocating for you. Mm. Um, you know, John writes in First John, he writes about how do we deal with sin in the first chapter and a half. And uh, if you if you if you know your Bible, you know that uh, your Bible didn't have chapters and verses. That wasn't something that came about until around the 1500s, a little later. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's all one letter. And and mm -hmm. so he writes in this first part of his letter. He says, if you if you uh, say you have no sin, you're lying. Uh, if you say sin is not a big deal, you're calling God a liar. Uh, if you hide your sin, you break relationships with each other and God. Um, but if you confess your sin, God steps in as faithful and just and forgives your sin. Uh -huh. And so when I'm talking to somebody about how God advocates for us uh, in our sinfulness, um, I have to go to chapter two uh -huh. um, because he tells us in chapter one, how do we respond to it? Uh, and now he says, here's how God responds to us. And mm -hmm. so he says, my dear, dear children, I'm writing to you so that you do not sin. Well, gosh, that's a tall order. Right. You know, holy smokes to do what? To do, to not do what? You, and, and, and I have to be honest with you. Um, that's not usually my goal. Uh, my goal is, is usually not to, it isn't just to, to not sin. It's usually to not sin too much <laughs> or, right. or to not sin too big or not to get caught in my sin or to not sin in a way that embarrasses people. But mm -hmm. here's what he's saying. He says, I'm writing to you to your children because I want you to make it your goal not to sin. And so imagine reading that phrase, sitting in a room, uh, uh, knowing that the, the apostle John, the best bud of Jesus has written and you're going, my dear children, I'm writing to you so that you will not sin. And now you're replaying the last 48 hours of your life going, uh, mm -hmm. I think I got to raise the bar sanctification. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, but whew, if you do sin, when you sin, right. you have an advocate, Jesus, the righteous one. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I am constantly trying to walk with the people that I'm saying, let's imitate God is I want you to understand that. And this goes to the cha changing of your mind, the love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all this. This is all interconnected at this, this point. This is where they all start meeting the same pathway um, yeah. is uh, um, when I say to myself, I don't want to sin too big. I don't want to sin too often. I don't want to sin in a way that becomes addictive. I don't want to sin in a way that I get caught or, well, I only did it once or I, all the things we say, or I've been good for so long. I slipped up. Uh -huh. Every single one of those statements makes me the advocate. I am sitting in front of God going, well, this is, this is my explanation of my sin. And what I want people to do is we're walking through the process of imitation is yeah. to have the security to be able to sit in front of God and not have to do advocate at all. I blew it. Just I blew it, God. I, I blew it. I, I, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And Jesus goes, I know. I know. And I knew. And I'm advocating for you. Uh, be, and that security, that freedom I have when I aim at not sinning. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm not even close. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying that that gosh, I nailed this down and now it just, uh, it's, it's automatic for me. Uh, I'm saying that I have to continually keep in the friendship process that says, I need Jesus to advocate for me. And the only way I do that, 
the only way I don't usurp his advocacy for me uh, is to aim at this life of holiness, to say, I don't yeah. want to be. You see how the sanctification, that half of it comes in. God, I don't want to sin. Yeah, I want to be like you. I want to imitate you. And you had no sin. Yeah. So I'm going to try not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when I do, I'm not going to make an advocacy statement of, well, you know, I haven't done that in a long time. Well, I've been pretty good. Or I right. kind of just, I'm going to say, God, I blew it. Jesus, will you advocate for me? Because you're the righteous one who always <clears throat> lives to intercede on mm-hmm. our behalf, according to John. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I want to do. Another thing I want to do is um, I want to see. Can I, yeah. can, I, can I respond to that in just a yeah. personal story? You know, we had many of those conversations because, you know, you've walked with me through the struggles that I've had in my own personal journey. And one of the things I had to learn to do in that place, once I had said that, Jesus, I'm I'm owning this, you know, I blew it. I had mm-hmm. to stop trying to make excuses for it. I then had to trust his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I had to lean into, I still love you. I still accept you. I still forgive you. You're clean at this point, right? Because there's a lie that we believe that just because I said it somewhere, I have to still, I have to have some have to pay for it. Yeah. And so I don't know how many people I've talked to in this journey, in this journey of this piece yeah. where they are stuck in the guilt still. Yeah. And, but for, for, I think for me that the shift that had to take place was, you know, when it says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us mm-hmm. from all unrighteousness, I had to trust that. Yeah. If we confess, so I have confessed. Now I need to trust the rest of that section mm-hmm. and then rely on his, his advocacy for me. And so it goes back to trust in this piece and then experiencing his love because that comes from his love for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to it, this is, you know, that's a piece for me personally out of the story with Leonard that I had to learn in that part of it. Well, I think this is one Oh one uh, discipling stuff too. Yeah. You know, it's really sitting down and getting into the gritty pieces of lives and going, man, this is true. You know, I I have these uh, reading groups uh, across the country where we all read the same scriptures together and then Mm -hmm. we interact and such. Uh, We got almost 30 of them now. It's pretty cool. Um, And uh, one of the one of the things that I suggested we do is uh, is whenever you read something great about Jesus, just pause and say, this is true. Mm -hmm. This is true. And I think we have to pause sometimes if I confess my sin. He is mm-hmm. faithful. Well, that's a pretty good word to describe God. He's just, okay. So justice has been served. He did it. He actually mm-hmm. satisfied justice, right? Mm-hmm. And will forgive us our sins. And then the word purify us, that, that, that's one of the cleanse or purify. If something is pure, it can't become more pure. Mm-hmm. And now I have to learn. And you just, you just beautifully walked us back through the follow, trust, and love. Uh, I have to learn to go, that's true. Mm-hmm. And so I have to change my way of thinking about the penalty of sin and who actually paid it right? and how paid it really is. I have to tr- renew my mind, you know, because we have this tendency to go, thank you, sir. May I have another, you know? Right, right. Or dear Jesus, I, I, I'm sorry. I said those words. No, that's not yeah. enough. Jesus, I, I really blew it. I said those words and I know that's not enough. Jesus, I'm the worst sinner ever. I am yeah. dirty, filthy. And I said, okay, now I feel forgiven or confessed. 
Right. Other than to pause and go, in my heart, God, I know that was wrong. And I, the word confess means to agree. And I agree with you. Yeah. That that was wrong. And you handled it. I agree. I'm going to live in this truth. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm pure. And you can advocate for me. I will not do it myself. And I want that to be, uh, you know, there's somebody listening to this right now going, I need that. Yeah. I need that. Go back and play this again, play this conversation again and, and, and drop us a note in, in, um, I need it. I'm, I'm, I might be that person who's, I need it too. Yeah. Um, The second one is, is I want you to see, uh, it as letting, uh, or, or I want you to see it as something you and Jesus are working on together yeah no um the whole idea of imitating is not me going okay i'm gonna by my iron will i'm gonna imitate god it's really a relational process Mm -hmm. paul writes in romans 8 he says uh therefore there's no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life in Christ is set us free from the law of sin and death. And then he walks us through this process where the Holy Spirit of God literally rings our bell and changes us. Uh, mm-hmm. So that when we start with no condemnation, we end with this, I am confident that, that, that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities and everything in between this, there's no condemnation. And I'm confident in Romans 8, literally is this is this beautiful process of living in step with the spirit by whom mm-hmm. we cry abba father by whom our prayers are translated to the father by whom we are adopted uh this and this connection uh of the spirit of god in us it's a relational thing and i want people to um uh here's what i know for a fact i am better as a husband than I was 34 years ago or 34 and a half years ago when we got married. I'm better as a son than I was in 1966 when I met Jesus because I'm working together with the spirit of God who has setting me apart and seals me and sanctifies me to be in a relationship of purpose and of purity that whole thing. And so it's, it's not just me iron willing it, try harder, right. white knuckling my way through Jesus stuff Do better. Yeah. No. Um, and so that's something that's important. Uh, third one is this. I want, I want you to see it as missional, not moral. Now I'm going to say that and somebody's going to go, um, uh, wait a minute. You just talked about holiness. Right. Isn't that moral? You're talking yeah. about morality. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I think that there is a there is a um my morality is a byproduct of imitation. It's not the goal. Mm. Um my morality mm-hmm. is a byproduct of Jesus rubbing off on me. It's not the goal. There are things that you say that if I were a fly in the room, I'd be going, Yeah, that's I said that. I said that. Oh. Yeah. All the time, and all the time. But it's become my, it's reciprocal. My wife has called me mini me because I was <laughs> I, I act like you so much. Mini Lee, mini Lee. <laughs> no, it's true though. I mean, like you, you, you know, I say so many of the same things that you say to me, mm-hmm. and so people tell me, "Wow, that's so smart." I'm like, "It's totally not original." You got to yeah. talk to Leonard. You go meet my mentors. Yeah, this none of this is mine. Like I don't. I I'm not an original thinker. I, I am just a, 
a follower and I've learned from people who follow well. Yeah. But again, it, it's about that relationship with Jesus because he's mm-hmm. the one I'm ultimately following, right? right? I just happen to have had you as a mentor who's taught yeah. me this process without realizing this was the process. Well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a, a connection to this. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the majority of your quoting of me is not moral, but missional. I would agree with that. And because yeah. I was not trying to teach you mm-hmm. to cut out these words to say these things, to pray with your hands folded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't trying to teach you to not sin anymore. Um, that's your goal between you and Jesus, yes. Right. Um, what I was trying to teach you to do is is to discover and live out the purpose. Right. You know, um, I was just uh, I was just thinking about a zombie apocalypse. And <laughs> if we have one, I am praying every day for slow zombies, those fast ones. There's no way I can outrun them because I am not prepared for the mission of survival with fast zombies. (laughs) Well, in our Jesus walk, that's that's a good illustration. uh, You're going to use it. I know. No, Um, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I know. And and, and And I I think this, the mission (laughs) of Jesus, I want you to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I want you to be in shape for that mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, when you become in shape for that mission, your morality kicks into gear. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, there's reasons I don't do certain things in my life, not because uh, they're right or wrong, but because it will throw me off mission. Mm-hmm. There's things I don't watch because it'll throw me off mission. I feel that. That does that make mm-hmm. sense? And so no, it's it missional, totally not moral. Here's another one. Um, I want you to embrace it. Number f- this is four, if you're counting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want you to embrace it as relationship with Jesus, not work for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a big is, difference, isn't there? Boy, there is. And, uh, you know, so Jesus said it this way. Uh, many will come to me on that last day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And didn't I do this? And Jesus said, yep, you worked for me, but you weren't in relationship with me. I never knew you. When I am when I am moving somebody into in the discipling process to live in, uh, in, in, in as an imitator of God, mm-hmm. I want you to understand that this is this is relationship. Embrace that. Mm-hmm. This is a ebb and flow. And some days relationships are better than others. And that's mm. why there's no great relationship that doesn't have grace. Mm. There's just, it's impossible to have one. Um, and so live in that grace that goes, man, today I phoned it in. I made decisions to disobey God in 14 areas and I never even got out of bed. Um, whatever mm-hmm. that is, I want, you know, and part of that is, um, I use this sentence uh, in my own life. Um, I want to send, I spend time with Jesus because I want him to send the right Leonard into the world. Mm. I want to be in relationship with Jesus. So in Acts 4, uh, the the disciples are standing in front of the council. And what do they say about him? Um, Wow. They've been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. They are in relationship with Jesus now. It wasn't work for Jesus. It was relationship 
with Jesus. Um, and, and I think that's a big deal. Um, the fifth one is mm-hmm. I, want, I want you to stand until you go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a, this is not a, a sprint. It's a marathon. And uh, I want you to stay at it. And then when you stumble and fall, well, let's get up. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out where the tripping pot spots were. Uh, let's mm-hmm. figure out that sin that so easily, easily entangles uh, mm-hmm. that hindrance that uh, Hebrews 12 talks about. Let's figure mm-hmm. this out, but let's stay at it. Let's just be committed to the end. Let's, let's look at each other and say, it doesn't matter how many times I fall, I'm going to get up an extra time because mm-hmm. I'm in this all the way to the end. And I want to be faithful to the end. I want you to, I want you to embrace it. So Philippians 1, 6 says, I am confident of this very thing that, that he, he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it mm-hmm. until the day of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's two things I want to say about that. One is that is actually Paul's attitude in prayer not just a theological, he says, I'm praying with confidence. He says, I pray with joy. I pray with hope and I pray with confidence. I pray with joy because of who you are. I pray with hope because of who God's making you. And I pray with confidence because God is going to work on you until you get to heaven. Yep. And I, I think that the idea of imitating is to stay in that, in that relationship. And so when I'm praying mm-hmm. for you, Justin, um, I'm praying with the confidence that God is not done until mm. until you've been breathing your last. And who knows what heaven will unfold for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is he going to keep working on us? I hope so. Because, um, you know, I, that's relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ha- say to somebody, don't quit. Don't quit. I have a lot of people that I've discipled over the years who've said to me, everyone else in my life has quit mm-hmm. or would have quit. Uh, but you didn't. Why not? That's why. Mm-hmm. Because this is a lifelong pursuit mm-hmm. and you're not done until you're in heaven. Um, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. In the light that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. I want you and anybody I disciple to go, the life that I live right now, I'm in it for the rest of my days. And and it's not about it's not about the quality of success, it's about the content of relationship. Because relationship brings <clears throat> that. So, uh let me give you the last couple here real fast. Um uh, I want you to see it in light of a position process and practice. Uh, I'm constantly saying to people this is who you are in Christ, your mm-hmm. position. I am justified, I am forgiven. That's my position. And then I also want you to see it as a part of a process that while I am justified by faith and I have peace with God, um, that's who that's who I am in Christ. I'm also in process of learning to live up to that. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. It's a, it's a step-by-step process, the Jesus process, follow, yeah. trust, love, imitate. I'm in that process. And then once I understand this is who I am, mm-hmm. that's the truth. And here's the process I am entering, follow, trust, love, imitate, bear fruit. Um, now I want to align my practices to that. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you say to me, I really want to be like Jesus, but you never read, study, or learn about Jesus. I'm going to say that you are, you, 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 your position is that in Christ, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. That's okay. God's not going to take that from you. And then you also have, uh, you're, you're in, you're in this process that he is through his spirit. He's sanctifying you. 
but your practices are not aligning. So you're going to fall short. Yeah. You're going to miss, you're going to miss, you're going to struggle. Yeah. You're really going to struggle. And so yeah. that's where the, the disciplines of faith and the practices of faith come into play. Let me give you the last one. Um, I want you to do this in community. Boy, no doubt. Um, we tend to, in our culture to think Jesus and me, you know, my own <laughs> personal walk with Jesus, my own personal devotions, my own personal uh, relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I know it is pr- true that I do have all those things, um, I am better in community. There's over 100 commands in the Bible that I cannot obey unless I'm in community with others. Mm-hmm. You know, and so God intended and built into our imitation process. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That we live in community because there's going to be people that I go, well, you are so good at loving people. And I'm not that good. I need to get better. And I can, I can imitate you. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I can imitate you as you imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. I can learn from you as you imitate him. And mm-hmm. so those are the things that, um, uh, those are the things that I am working hard in the imitation process mm-hmm. to, to just layer. And those aren't <laughs> a single, like, here's your lesson. Now move on. Those are constant conversations, constant, but they're in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. as I'm discipling somebody into the imitation process. And I remember this is about relationship. Remember yeah. you know, that your sins are covered. Your position is solid. Right. Remember that. So that's, that's how I'm working with folks. Well, I love, I love that. I love this conversation. Um, so I just want to ask the question because uh, it, it, it bears repeating. Um, where do I begin? If I am your disciple, like if I, I mean, you and I are sitting across from the table and you don't have 30 years of experience with me, where do I start? Um, yeah. Help me understand where I begin. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to um, begin you. I'm going to, I'm going to begin you. Begin you. I'm going to begin you. With uh, learning how to speak English. With some vittles. Uh, I'm going to start you with, uh, <laughs> with following. Let's just look yeah. at Jesus and see him. Let's listen to him. What, what, what does he look like? What does he sound like? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's where I'm going to start you. And we're going to do that. And I'm going to walk you through a process of showing you who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to do these in succession. Now that you can see and hear Jesus, we're ready to graduate and move on to second grade. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a organic process. Right. Um, even if it's strategic, it's organic. And second right. of all, once, once you begin to see and hear Jesus, I'm going to say, well, can you trust him? Can mm-hmm. we renew your mind? What have you been thinking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what thoughts are running through your head? Well, you have a lot of self-condemnation going on right now. Mm-hmm. You and I had that conversation and I said, well, let's renew once. your mind. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Justin, are you in Christ Jesus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So how much condemnation do, is there? None. How mm-hmm. much do you have? A bucket or a oh, yeah. you know, or, or so, a dump truck full. So <laughs> let's move the yeah. way you think to yeah. that. Does that make sense? Uh, so I'm going to. And then I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you and say, Hey, let's know and rely on God's love. Let's live as though it's true. Let's live as the disciple Jesus loves. Hear how he loves you. See how he loves you. Let's mm-hmm. spy his love in your daily life. Let's look for places in which the love of God is tr- is knocking at the door of a part of your heart and you're not letting it in. I, you know, I have a friend that I led to Christ when I was in high school uh, and I discipled him and, and such. Uh, we went to Bible college together afterwards and uh, great guy. And one of the things that when he met Christ, uh, before he met Christ, he says, he says, Leonard, I just can't believe that God would love me like that. Mm. 
And I said, you place more faith in, 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 in your hatred of yourself mm -hmm. than you do in the love God has for you. And that struck him to a point where he went, I mean, we're 15 years old. I don't know why I even would say something like that, but we're 15 years old. And I said, you, you trust your hatred of yourself. And he says, well, there's more evidence. I said, there is, except there's not. Mm -hmm. Because you're looking at, and we talked about this last week. You're looking at your life. I want you to look at the cross. Yeah. And so Absolutely. I'm going to walk with you through that. And then as, as that happens, I'm going to say, man, that all of this is not just to make a better version of you. You know, it's not Justin 2.0 or Leonard 2.0. This nope. is about us learning to imitate a God who says you're better in my image than when you're not. Mm -hmm. I made you to live out. I gave you my image as the best gift of creation. Let's restore that. Let's put that back in. And that's what I'm going to teach you as you walk through. How do you imitate Christ? How do you imitate? Uh, this is not a, a one-week Bible study, 45 minutes. Uh, you know, hey, we did that. Now you go think about that. This right. is an ongoing, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times a week we text each other. Mm. Uh, I don't know Often. how many times uh, we send each other ridiculous things, but we have an ongoing relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, when I have a prayer request, I send it to you. Mm -hmm. You do the same back. We share life. We, we, we talk about ministry together. We've become uh, partners in ministry in many ways, even in different places. Mm -hmm. There's an ongoing connection, ongoing relationship. Um, and so that's what I'm doing. Um, John 15 says this, uh, sit face to face, abide in me. Mm -hmm. sit face to face with me because apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, the honest truth is, is he doesn't mean nothing. He means nothing that lasts. You can't do anything that you really were meant for apart from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were meant for this life. You were meant for an imitating Christ image bearing life. Yeah. And apart from me, apart sitting face to face with me, you can't do that. And so I would say this, uh, is maybe just sort of a, a button on everything we've said. And then I'll let you wrap up. There is absolutely no substitute for being with Jesus. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong there. There. I mean, that's what we've been describing is the Jesus process is that sitting face to face with Jesus and doing it with other people, right? Like doing it with somebody across the table having coffee or something, or even just again in the mountains or wherever. Mm -hmm. I was just saying that this has been an incredibly rich conversation aside from my faux pas at the beginning. Um, Leonard, thank you so much for joining me for episode five. We have one more to go. If you have liked this episode and you're thinking, man, I love this process. Uh, I want to know more about this process. Leonard, will you tell them what the email is and how they can get a hold of you and, and your, the, the ministry? Yes. Yeah, send us a question. Uh, if you have any, uh, give us a compliment. Uh, tell me I'm short. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I just want email. It's say yes, pod yeah. at gmail.com. Say yes, pod at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Well, and don't forget to like, and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with people who you want to know how to do this process. And thanks again so much for joining us on say yes and become and we will see you next week for episode six of this series as we wrap this sucker up. Fantastic.